You are now listening to the Spanglish Tribe Podcast. We are your hosts, Jen and Ingrid. Welcome to the tribe. Welcome everyone back to Spanglish Tribe. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Happy March. It is March, guys. I don't know about you, but I felt like February was a really long month. I feel like the last year has been a really long month. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. We're so happy you are listening. Um, Yes, yes. And happy International Women's Day a little bit late. It's, It's here. And we're here to talk about some amazing women. But before we talk about the amazing women, or I'm going to share something that I learned about International Women's Day, because I thought it was just a day that somebody splattered on a calendar and that's, that's it, called it a day. Yeah, you know, one of those holidays. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, one of those, like, you know what, like international whatever day, national this day, national, I just thought it was something that they slapped on the, the, the calendar. And because March is Women's History Month, I was like, yeah, let's just stick it in March. Anyways, so I actually learned this from Miss Evie Queen, La Diva, La Potra, La Caballota herself. La Queen. Um, La Queen. Respect on her name. (laughs) Yes. Um, So she had posted something on Instagram telling us the history um, behind International Women's Day. So, and it's not a happy one. So this is what she, let me see if I can just give you a synopsis and this is going to be in Spanish. So I'm going to apologize Ooh, in advance. Um, yeah. So let me see what, say, what does she call every, all her um, fans? Ciela. Oh yes. Ciela's. It says, so this, it says La Dolorosa Historia Detrás del Día Internacional de la Mujer. Says, no merecemos un día, merecemos equidad por nuestras, nuestros saqui, sa, Take it slow, take it slow. Let's, let's start that over. No merecemos un día, merecemos equidad por nuestros sacrificios diarios. Mujeres que, la, que las luchas reales nos hermanen, right? Is that the... Yeah. Que las diferencias nos enseñen. Nuestro... Gremio, is that? I'm be honest. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means either. Maybe no, it's un fra- I don't know. Comment, don't know. comment, comment on our Instagram or <laughs> <laughs> let us know what gremio means. Um, this <laughs> nuestro gremio no es uno frágil. Es uno muy capacitado. Vendría bien recordarles que todas somos sobrevivientes. Tal vez así estaríamos más dispuestas a la empatía para, para con otras. Right? Para con otras. Yeah. Uh, mis cielas, si no luchamos juntos, nos divi- dividirán. Mm-hmm. You got it. <laughs> juntas nos uh, dividirán y harán guerrera. Guerre- Guerrear. 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 Guerr
separadas. Yeah. Did you ojo. know anything? Anything? <laughs> she just ojo. <laughs> she knows ojo, ojo. That's the That's one. Such she, a Puerto Rican thing. Ojo. I wish I could see her because she's literally pulling, pulling down at one eye, saying ojo. <laughs> right here. Take a screenshot. Ojo. <laughs> Save this video too. Uh, <laughs> that is so funny. Um. So yeah, that was her message. If anybody can translate that for me, that'd be great. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no but um like i was saying so the background of this well is, you didn't get to the point the, the she, later the, on is where she tells us the story yeah the late, so it says el 8 de marzo en el incendio de fabrica de textiles which is in new which was in new york city um un total de 123 trabajadoras y 23 hombres murieron el número de heridos fue 70 la víctima de más grande tenía 43 años y las más y la más joven 14 años esto esto impulsó a las mujeres a continuar la lucha a organizar una huelga para demandar salarios más justos y condiciones laborales más humanas oh my god i'm so proud of you, you oh that. my goodness so yeah so it, it came um they recognized it before this fire um We'll, we'll have a link on the article that we're reading, but they they recognized it kind of sort of, not nationally, um, not before this fire. But after this fire, um, women all around the world went on strike and, you know, demanded better wages and better um, working conditions. Because if anybody's ever seen any documentary about fashion or anything like that, I went to school for for fashion merchandising. So I know this story very well. We watch a movie on it probably every semester. It was called the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, uh, Factory Fire of 1911. And it killed 146 workers in less than 20 minutes because they were trapped inside the sweatshop. Mm. And that's exactly so, what Evie Clean for our non-Spanish yeah, and that's, was talking about. So she was telling the figures and the number of people who had died. And how that instigated mm -hmm. um, the push for not only International Women's Day, but women's equity and women's rights. Yes. And then it, the holiday um, wasn't recognized, let's see, until so, July, 1975, the UN yeah. officially added the International Women's Day to the calendar. So yeah, so that's that's the background on International Women's Day, so. Yeah, and it just says that the worldwide event came out of the first ever National Women's Day that was in the U.S. March 8th in 1909. Mm -hmm. um, that was to honor the women who went on strike to protest unsafe conditions and unfair employment practices in New York City's garment industry after this fire that Jennifer was just talking about. So, so a little... A little women's history for women's history month that look I have as we learn you learn because <laughs> I didn't know that like I I knew about the fire but I didn't know that international women's day yeah that's was. interesting because that was your um your my major your major in college mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you just made that connection because Jen actually sent me the or asked me about the fire that Evie Queen was talking about I'm like mm -hmm. I don't know what she's talking about <laughs> what she's talking about so we did a little bit more digging and found this out but 
Yeah, super, super interesting. So today we have a couple of women that we wanted to learn about more because we've said before, we don't always learn the history that are on our heritage. So we wanted to highlight um, Latina women that made history. So the first one that I wanted to talk about was uh, Sonia Sotomayor. So our first Latina on the Supreme, Supreme Court and she's also the third woman, only the third woman on the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, which is just kind of mind blowing to, to know. Um, so just a couple of facts about her. Um, she's Puerto Rican, grew up in the Bronx. So working class family and low income housing projects. I also find it really interesting that she has diabetes because she talks a lot about how that has impacted her life. And I think just as far as like having someone with a chronic illness talk about her struggles, I think that's really important. So I actually got the chance to see her speak about a year more, more, more than a year ago. Um, There was an event. So as Yale commemorated the 50th anniversary of co-ed in Yale College and the 150th anniversary of women students at the university. So they had a campus-wide celebration called 50 women at Yale 150. So they had a lot of different people come and speak on campus and like a lot of different events. So when I saw that Sonia Sotomayor was coming, I left at the opportunity. Um, So for me, it was just really interesting because she's probably one of the women, the Latina women that I'm most aware of that's like in a, in like a, um, a position, like the position that she's in. Like there's not a lot of women that I'm aware of um, so it was really interesting to hear her talk about just her experience. And so I was looking back at my notes from when she spoke, cause if I don't write a note down, I don't remember it, but I also just wanted to make sure like I remembered that experience. Cause, um, I was really excited about it to be able to see, you know, this powerful Latina, um, you know, who is representing us in like the mm-hmm. highest court in the in the country and, and learn from her. Um, so some of the, like the things that she was talking about were about um, living with one foot in many worlds. Um, so she was talking a lot about taking like her experience as a Latina with her and having that kind of um, having her her heritage. Her. What was that? like kind of guide her like guiding that guide her and like not forgetting it and not um hiding it because I think we were talking you know in earlier episodes about code switching and how sometimes we kind of have to turn off our our latinidad and you kind of have Mm -hmm. to hide it you have to kind of package yourself in like what the the, what what you think they want to see what they want to see and like speak in a certain way and present yourself in a certain way and she was just um kind of reflecting on that of like how she lived um with one foot in many worlds so like she was still Latina. She was still Boricua. She was still a woman, um, even though she was in these very like male-dominated spaces and being a lawyer and being in spaces where there weren't many people that looked like her and how she made sure to bring her experiences with her. Um, so one of the things that I wrote down in my notes was that she, she said, take, take your world with you and have pride in where you came from. And then... Um, she was talking about embrace what you can learn from other people who are smarter than you. So she she made this point about you're not always going to be the smartest person in the room. And that's not a bad thing. It's just recognizing that there's people that you have 
um, that you're able to learn from. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you've heard the people say this, like this saying, like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, you're in the wrong room, right? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing to learn from those people. So um, that was one kind of lesson that, that she has taken with her. And then I really like this, this story that she went into. And I don't, I don't remember the full detail, but she was saying about that she's not self-made, that nobody is self-made, that she is a product of her community and her family and her heritage. And that um, like no human being makes it by themselves. Like she knows that she had her, her village that pushed her and got her to where she is. And she's very aware of that. And, and also aware of like the relationships that she's built, you know, between like her, her upbringing and getting to the Supreme court and how, all those relationships helped to get her there that she didn't do it alone that there was always people that were helping her and I think for me that's always like an important lesson to remember that you know sometimes we as as Latinas we don't we don't have those connections or we don't have Mm -hmm. the keys we don't have the answers and um and being able to ask for help and ask the stupid questions um because I think sometimes like I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's such a stupid question, but I have to ask it. <laughs> like, um, so making sure that that you don't hold yourself back from that. And then one thing she was talking about, because this was around like after um, Brett Kavanaugh had been added to the to the, the Supreme Court. She was so she was just talking about, you know, with all this like negativity, be willing to look for the good in, in other people, like you know, there's a lot of negativity, you know, swirling around and making sure that we, we still look for the good. Um, and I think, go ahead. I think one story I was going to say, one story that was really interesting to me regarding her diabetes was, um, she went to, she went to this, I guess when she was young, she went to this restaurant and she had to go get her insulin shot and she went to the bathroom to do it and I guess someone saw her giving herself her insulin to like live mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I guess um after she left the restroom somebody made a comment about her like shooting up drugs you know and she yeah, like directed sh- them you shoot up drugs and like your <laughs> stomach and like shit yeah. like that right like- so, so she corrected them and she was like well actually I have diabetes and like just like, I think she was also talking a little bit about like the assumptions that people made that she mm-hmm. was Latina in this space and that people just saw her with a syringe. And instead of thinking anybody else, you would, you wouldn't, if you're like in a nice restaurant, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, that person's doing drugs in the middle of the, <laughs> of well, the bathroom at the restaurant. Well, like, and I like, would, you know what I mean? And like the way that she presents herself, she's always presented yeah. herself in a very specific way. Like, um, and that they would be, like if it had been a white girl that was young, that was her age, they probably wouldn't have had. Wouldn't that. be a syringe; it'd be a little tube with a little spoon, and oh my god, you know. Um, but that was just interesting. So yeah, I wanted to talk about Sonia Sotomayor and just share yeah. a couple of little facts for people who may not know much about her. And mm-hmm. I think, especially if you're Puerto Rican, like and I think it's awesome because you know you said that she was the first Latina, um, Latina, the third woman in the Supreme Court, and. Mm-hmm. Like, because I've heard her name, I feel like forever, Mm -hmm. like, 
you would think that she's been in this position um, for even longer than she was, but she was appointed by Obama, right? Mm-hmm. Was she appointed by Obama in his yeah. first in his first um, term, which was like just yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and she's also know, which, um, a graduate of Yale, and I forget what the other college she went to. Yeah, so she joined. She was nominated, excuse me, in 2009. And she graduated from Princeton in 76. She was snow cum laude. And then she got her JD from Yale Law School in 1979. She was editor of the Yale Law Journal, which is a big deal. And then she worked as an assistant district attorney in New York. She was on the Puerto Rican Legal Defense and Education Fund, the board of directors Board of Directors for the Puerto Rican Legal Defense and Education Fund. Um, yeah, so she's she's had this really great career. She was nominated to the district court by Bush Sr. So she's had a very long career. And I just think it's so important to have people that look like us in, in all spaces. Yeah, I think that's great. Like she is an amazing woman. And of course, when... Uh, she swore in uh, VP Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, like we said in one of our past episodes, like all the love that they were getting because it was such a powerful moment in that particular, you know, that day that it'll go down in history. Yeah. So, I want to talk about someone in the arts. Um, so I want to talk about America Ferrera, Ferrera, for you know however you want to say it, but Ferrera. You hear that? Look, I'm Puerto Rican. I can roll my arms. Reading Spanish one time. <laughs> no, because I just side note. I just saw a video of um, what is it? How that Puerto Ricans can't roll their R's, right? <laughs> and they had the whole history, the history of it and all that stuff, which I thought was hilarious. And the the person that I guess the new person in Pero Like or Me Too or one of those guys, mm-hmm. um, he he doesn't know how to roll his R. So he was like kind of learning. Mm-hmm. And ajo. that's why he said. Ajo, ajo. <laughs> Anyways, so yes, I wanted to speak about America Ferrera. So um she has been coming up a lot on my social media and I think it's because of course I follow her but um she has helped she's been the uh like a side director like one of the directors and an ex- one of the executive producers for um Hentified which is a show on Netflix um, about gentrification in Boyle Heights in California. So, but I think if I think back, I've loved her ever since Real Women Have Curves. You know, I vaguely remember that movie. Like I remember really? it, but I don't remember it. I, I like, I like I can watch it again. Like I know, so she was- um, And also was like garment making, right? Like the Yes, novel. also garment making. I think in the movie Real Women Have Curves, she was, I believe, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and she worked at a 
dress shop with her mom and all her aunties. Granted, I don't know if they were her real aunties, but you know, in the Hispanic, everybody's everybody's Tia. That's Tio, that's Tia, that's your cousin, whatever. So um, so yeah, so that was I think it stood out to me because it was it was an indie film. Um, but also like I had never seen so many Latino people in one movie and it be about them. Mm-hmm. you know and their struggle in English in English so this was an English movie yeah you know um although it was an indie film I don't even know how I I don't know that it, I I feel like it was accessible to us like it was accessible to us I don't even remember where I saw it though like because I yeah I don't but know when the first time popular. I saw it, like when it I remember when it first when it came out it was really popular like I would have mm-hmm. never known it was an indie film until like somebody mm-hmm, told me it was mm-hmm. an indie film because it felt like it was a regular like a regular release. Um, yeah, so they ha- they got they gained a lot of uh popularity with mm-hmm. that movie um and she so should uh so did she um and in that movie there's you know I'm not going to spoil it cuz I feel like if you haven't seen it I yeah, recommend oh, you do see it. it. <laughs> no, I feel like people need okay, to see, okay, it, okay. it's just that but anyways one of the scenes um you know so she's a 17 year old mexican-american um girl working at a dress sweatshop and she is brown and she is fat and i'm not saying this this is just how she described the character like she was um a little gordita and stuff like not the not the model-esque or whatever and that was the base yeah and i think around the the movie that was that like Latinas are curvy and I think that mm-hmm. was kind of like one of the main like pr- the premises about um that we don't we don't meet that like especially I feel like when the movie came out like, do you remember what year uh I do not but I can I, but out. I feel like I when it came out it was like super fashionable like now like you know curvy big butt is mm-hmm. popular but I feel like when that came out it was not like it was like that thin like Paris Hilton body type was mm-hmm. what was Ooh. what was mm-hmm. popular um so I think it was a big deal for her to represent not only Latinas but also like a different body type oh um, 2002 2002 mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. yeah so so that was one of the movies um that she starred so and she went along to start in another type of outcast movie uh, not movie show which was ugly betty which mm-hmm. i only saw a little bit because i watched betty la fea because exactly i watched <laughs> betty la fea um so but when they came because again that's representation it mm-hmm. was on like a main english channel it was like on abc yeah or it was like something like that you know, like um so absolutely so she went on to that and um so i watched her ted talk and she was talking about how growing up like she always wanted to be an actress like ever since she was very young and um she grew up poor and her mom very very um encouraging like you know you can be whatever you want to be um Mm -hmm. you just have to work hard for it so like so she was talking about like her her experience in Hollywood on how she would go out for these roles and they would kind of be like, 
Mm, like they would give her some type of excuse. Like um, I, re- uh, she was talking about one experience. She, they were like, oh, well, can you like be more Latina? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I am Latina. I'm, I am Latina. I'm being just like, Latina. how do you want me to? So she's questioning, questioning them. Tired. And they're like, oh, yeah. you know what? Um, You know what? You're done. That's yeah. okay. You know, because of course they can't be like, I want you to it be was ghetto. Really good for her to like, be like pushing, <laughs> pushing back on stereotypes that everybody has to have a super mm-hmm. thick accent. Like Mexican Americans are a thing and mm-hmm. they are, and they, they are both, they are Mexican yeah. and they are American yeah. and that's yeah. real. And, and actually she's not even Mexican. So she's Honduran. Oh, um, it's just, she's always, I feel like she's always played a Mexican. Oh. Um, so, so yeah, so she was the first and only Latina to win an Emmy in a leading category. And this was in 2000, I believe eight that she won this and nobody has won it yet. And she won it for, I believe, um, Betty La Betty La Fea, Ay Bendito, Ugly Betty. And so the reason why she's coming up, I feel now is that um, an article just came out announcing that she's going to be the director for the screenplay adaptation of the I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican um, Daughter, the book. So she's doing the movie version of the screenplay of the book. Um, and she's talked about this in the past about her wanting to have an all Latinx or all minority cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, you know, in Hollywood, there's not a lot of representation behind the camera. And if there is representation in front of the camera is like we said last episode is, you know, she's a servant, the cha-cha, the you know, the ghetto girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's never, it's, it's seldom a leading role in Hollywood. So that's, that's really great. She's, she's paving the road for other Latinx um, men and women, which I think is so great. And she is one of the 10 women um, along with Eva Longoria, um, that they created She Se Puede. So we've tagged them before, especially when we were talking about um, the elections and politics and stuff like that. Um, so their mission was to bring more Latinx people um, and bringing them up and re- representing them in politics. Um, yeah. That way they can have like, you know, Um, more representation yeah people behind them like rooting them on and you know things like that so so yeah so she's like I thought I thought that she was just so great to speak about um because even though she's been an advocate and you know um all this for 11 plus years I feel like she's still one of the newer Latinx people Mm -hmm. from like our list um, and I think that's so great because now, you know, she's a couple years older than we are and doing all this great stuff. Yeah. And, you know. And keeping it going. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it going. That's so funny. I'm still stuck on like, I always want to say that she's Mexican and she's not. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I always think so too. Yeah. But when I was researching her, I was like, oh, I think okay. it is because of like all the like Mexican characters. And again, mm-hmm. like I'm Mexican 
Mm-hmm. I'm not Mexican, but like I, I think a, a thing about other Latinos who are not Mexican is that everybody always wants to say that like Mexicans are the only group that exists in the mm-hmm. Latino community. It's like, and like people, like, bunch people get offended when together. they're like called Mexican. They're like, I'm not Mexican, and I and, and I totally get that. It's it's that everybody gets lumped together, and I think yeah. you know it's also important to. Latinos are not a homogenous group. We're all very different. We come from different places and we have different beliefs. I think I listen a lot to um, Pod Save the World. So it's like a political podcast. Mm-hmm, and it's like mm-hmm. um, former staffers for Obama. And they're always talking about the Latino vote. And like, I, I'm glad that they make a point to say that yeah, Latinos are not all like one voting block. Like people like to lump us together. Like, oh, they always vote um, Democratic. And that's not the case. No. Like- they actually talked about they actually talked about that um when the elections Mm -hmm. when they were trying to get when they were trying to flip the states Mm -hmm. um what was it when we were doing hispanicize back in when was it i forgot when it was like september october or something like Mm -hmm. that so they had a panel with all latinos and they were from different sides so some of them were democratic some of them were republican so they were debating on all the stuff and that was one of the things that they were talking about how like they lump all the latino vote all this the latino vote the latino vote the latino vote is important but people think that all latinos are liberal like you said but they're not because if you think of if if you think of um a, Latin, a, a, a Latino, an American in Florida. Yeah. Looks very different from. Yeah. Or even, you know what? Or mm-hmm. even like if you, if we think about morals and if we put religion in there and things like that, then yeah. that completely changes yeah. the field because if there's somebody that's. Um, like the Puerto Ricans that we grew up in, with in high school that were very into, into the church. Yes. Uh, they voted very differently and much more conservatively than people would expect. Exactly. Um, um, because people just think like Puerto Rican, like they got to be a Democrat. And that's not, that's not, that's not true. There's a lot more um, things that, you know, carry the that same vote. way that last episode we were talking about, you know, all different colors, mm-hmm. all different colors. There's definitely all different political beliefs. There's all different, um, just across the board, just, yeah. Don't lump all Latinos together. Don't lump us together. We're not the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Who do I want to talk about next? Oh, fun fact. And I told you this, but I feel like the people need oh, to know. Oh, this is so random. You Go know how me. like there's celebrities out here that have like different body parts, like insurance, uh, like insured. Like for example, Tina, no, like. Turner? Yes, Tina Turner. How do you Sorry. not Tina Turner right away? <laughs> her face was in my head, but Tina Turner has her legs insured. Which, right? which she should. Which she should because she got gorgeous legs. And that's what her, her dance is what she's known for. So America's smile is insured for $10 million. I don't, I don't, I feel like, is, is she that recognizable for her smile? Like, I feel like, like, it's a pretty smile, but I, I mean, didn't it know is, it was like, but a, like, I wouldn't be like, like JLo's booty. Okay. That should I be, want, you know what? We should Google that to see if JLo's booty is, uh, it probably is. <laughs> I don't fully understand how that works. I mean, I, I think I, 
they kind of generally get it like if something happens to them while they're filming a movie like that money gets distributed to like finish the movie or whatever I, I don't fully understand it though does it or like yeah like does it go for like reconstruction to fix the booty I don't know <laughs> I don't I like don't. if you chip a tooth like is that insurance money gonna well, yeah, pay to fix, fix it? your tooth but like it also goes to like I forget who passed away in the middle of a movie and that helped to finish the movie because the person was insured oh. by the by the by the like like when there's when there's actors are like real into like drugs and alcohol and they may not live through the filming of a oh my god that's insured (laughs) because they're a risk it's a risk that they're not gonna be able to finish their duties their performance because of their lifestyle so they get insured so that the Mm. the um i think that's how it works i don't know i don't know so somebody let us know yeah somebody let us know let us know how that works that's not how it works. I don't know. <laughs> That's um, not how anything works. Um, uh, who should we talk about next? Go ahead, eeny meeny miny mo. We have quite a, a bit. Um, but we're gonna talk about Rita Moreno. Uh huh. Rita Moreno, since we got my favorite grandma ever. So she's the first Latina to get an EGOT, and then to get a PGOT with the Peabody Award. Which I don't fully know what, what that is, but what's the uh, difference? I know what the, I know what the EGOT is. I don't know what the Peabody Award is. What's the EGOT? The EGOT, it's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Oh, yeah. So oh. she's the first Latina to have um, the EGOT. Okay. She's also the first Latina to receive an Oscar. Um, she was also awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She was born in Puerto Rico. Yes, proud Boricua. Um, she was known for her performance in um, West Side Story. Um, and she broke barriers to pave the way for future actresses of color. And I read her book, and I, th- I think one of the things that stuck with me is, and I mean this in the most <laughs> respectful way. She was a little bit of a hoe. <laughs> She's a little bit of a hoe in a time where women weren't allowed to do that. So good for her. Um, no, she talks a lot about um, all her You paved the way for me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. She talks kidding, about babe. Um, her relationships. And um, I think it was really interesting just to see her story from coming from Puerto Rico and coming to the States and living in New York. And again, like kind of like Sonia Sotomayor um, living in like low income housing. And, mm-hmm. um, and she was just a hustler man like she just a hundred percent like you know she just focused on her craft and focused on what she did and um she talks a lot about being typecast and stereotyped mm-hmm. and like being put into these roles of like you know like the typical latina like mm-hmm. very sexy very very overly sexualized and spicy um, like oh yeah, like, like how she tried to fight latina in a red dress yeah with big hair and red <laughs> lipstick you know um, and how she tried <laughs> to kind of like fight against that and i think for me i didn't really grow up i wasn't a super like you know one of our friends is very into um into theater mm-hmm. um i didn't really grow up with that like i didn't really grow up really fully aware of like plays like I knew some mm-hmm. like here and there but I've, I've never been that person that's like so I wasn't really super aware of who she was for a long time I think um 
I didn't either. I I just found out. So one of my favorite like old school like '90s sitcoms. I think it's the '90s. Was The Nanny? Oh my god, I love that show. I love Fran. I love her. I think she's so cute with her. Anyways, so I, we um me and my boyfriend were watching it a couple like like a month or two ago, and there's an episode that the the oldest girl she's trying to get out of gym Mm -hmm. right and then Fran tells her about this horrible gym teacher that she had in school and how all these things that she would do to like try to get out of gym and from climbing the rope or whatever and then one day I think she has to go to school because she's telling the girl I forgot what her what the blonde girl's name is how to do them she's like no she's not she knows every trick in the book whatever and when they go it's her old gym teacher get out and it the gym teacher was played by Rita Moreno and I could not recognize because this is what like 20 20 years ago or whatever like I don't even know I think the the show was older than that but and I didn't even I'm not even the one that pointed it out it was uh my boyfriend that pointed it out I'm like get out is that really her she's like he's like yeah because of course he's seen her in more movies and I think he was more aware of her yeah um, than I was and I thought that was so interesting that we weren't especially because she's Puerto Rican she's Latina she's you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. states and whatever and like we I don't remember being like fully aware and that's what I keep saying like us finding out our own history because we grew up I feel like and this is a larger conversation we come we come back to later but I feel like on the east coast we don't have as much um focus on our history as like I feel like people on the on the west, the west coast. coast do you feel that yeah I, I, like I think so I feel that. like they're I feel like the west coast um there's more of a have- sense of like community and history and 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 I guess it's just because there's like a bigger concentration because mm-hmm. California has so many um uh, Hispanic people but like over here I feel like we didn't grow up learning about any of that and I feel like yeah. I even I don't remember where I first became like aware of her but like I think especially when she came out on one what is it one day at a time one, one day at a time one day at a time like I really became like super aware of her and I think she had when she got the presidential um medal of freedom I remember kind of like looking her up a little bit more mm-hmm. and then I went and like picked up her book which I have no idea where I left um because <laughs> I was gonna like look up my like to see notes but um but yeah it's like it's like one of those stories that we should know about and I feel like we didn't really grow up knowing about it so I hope that at least someone don't feel bad if you didn't know who she was because we definitely and I feel like people make a big deal about West Side Story and I'm like mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up like Oh, well, that, that's aware. a very old yeah movie. Like, people expect us to know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like as Latinas, like we're supposed to. I I don't even think I ever. To be honest, I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing. Or do I remember? Like I remember Maria, mm-hmm. but do I see Maria as Rita yeah. Moreno? Like I know I but don't. Like, like I feel like I have to go back and watch. Expect that to be like a piece of like our our shared history you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. like we should know that but we don't I don't I don't really truly know that I don't really you know fully that's not a part of like the history that I grew up understanding um so I thought it was really important to like learn about her and her book was really interesting she's really funny 
I think um, she's so funny. Yeah, she's really funny. So in the book, she comes across like you definitely get a sense of her her humor. And I'm saying like it was funny listening to her stories about like all the men she dated or been with or whatever. She dated, <laughs> like, she dated Elvis. She dated she Elvis. Dated, um, apparently all that hip thrusting wasn't that impressive. Just saying. <laughs> I heard it from I heard it from Rita. So if y'all were wondering, now you know um uh and then oh my god I can't remember the the person that she dated that was like her big love that um yeah she talks a lot about that relationship and like just the toxicity which I thought was super interesting her talking about the toxicity of that relationship because I feel like recently like online it's been very popular to portray Latinas in a joking manner but like a stereotype of us being toxic in relationships Oh, she um, was singing in the rain. What? She was in the original, the king, the king and I. Mm-hmm. She was supporting. She was a supporting roles, but oh wow! As soon as you king say his name, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna know his name. Let me see. Oh, those are movies. Movies. <sighs> I can't think of it. Oh, so going back to what my point was about talking about toxic relationships, like in the book, she talks about this relationship that she had and how toxic it it was and like just all the, how unhealthy it was. And I think thinking about it today when there's so many people on like TikTok kind of glamorizing. Brando, sorry. Yes, yes. That's his name. (laughs) That's all about that relationship. Um, But yeah, so finishing my thought about like the toxic relationships, she kind of highlights like all the negatives of that of being in like a a a toxic relationship and how unhealthy it is for your mental health and like I wish more of these girls that are perpetuating this stereotype of Latinas being toxic in relationships would read that and like understand like that's not cute it's like why are we continuing to perpetuate this stereotype of Latinas being um like toxic girlfriends or just um I just don't like it that that that's a that's a thing that's being mm-hmm. in the world and I wish people would see how bad it is and also for themselves like if they are like that in a relationship how unhealthy that is and like it's not cute girls it's not cute <laughs> emotional roller coasters are not fun the toxic relationships are not fun like not fun and they're not cute let's like we said last episode, let that man go. <laughs> All right. Healthy so relationships I- in 2021. <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, so I think that's all I had for Rita Moreno. And obviously, like, she's someone I feel like I still, I'm still learning about. And, but definitely her book was really interesting. And I, I think she's funny. Like, if you guys haven't seen, unfortunately, like, one day at a time. I don't know why it's. I think the show is funny, right? Is, and but it's my just, mom and my sister are like obsessed. They always, but let me tell you, this is a third time, the that- third and final time that they've canceled the show. Yeah, on a different platform. I don't know why. I don't know if people I are just not like watching sit- it. I feel like if- sitcoms are not as popular as they used to be. Yeah. But um, I remember, I do remember that um, early, the first time they got canceled, they were complaining, complaining about that they didn't get press, like they didn't get the same amount of press that like another show um, was getting on Netflix. 
So like their marketing wasn't great. And I don't know, I'm all about supporting Spanish sitcoms. Supporting or like Latina. If, there's, if there's a Latina, a Latino family in there, like yeah. they're Cuban in the show, but guess what? The, the, main, uh, the main character, she's really Puerto Rican. Rita Moreno's Puerto Rican. We have a whole bunch of mishmash of uh, different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, different type of Latinos. We got, you know, and there's some, there's some hot guys in there. But so it's funny. I think she's hilarious. She in is, her timing is so perfect. I think out of all the cast members, I think mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching her the most. Like I her, think for me, it was just like I don't know. I don't know. I just never really like got involved in it. Yeah. I, I just I love sitcoms. I think it comes from me watching sitcoms like 70s sitcoms with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're so funny, like the stupid humor, like mm-hmm. it's hilarious. But so I think the last person that we're that we're probably gonna mention in this podcast is um, even though we have some more, so we'll probably post them on IG, a little quick history throughout the month. Um but the next person we want to talk about is Dolores Huerta. Woo. So Dolores Huerta, she's a civil rights activist, um, American labor leader. She's a, a person that co-founded the National Farm Workers Association, um, later the United Farm Workers uh, with Cesar Chavez. And she is the originator of the phrase, Si, si se, se puede. puede. Oh. And um, which was adapt, uh, adapted by Obama, um, just in English, in, when he was running for presidency. Also, and then, you know, with her association, with the co-founding of her association, she just fought for better working conditions for farm workers. Um, she just, she wanted them to have fair wages and fair conditions. Um, and protections. That and protections. Yeah, because you know, especially with farm work and things like that, sometimes it's it's it varies. Yeah, like you get a good crop, you get a bad crop, and then you know yeah, you want to be protected. So, like cyclical, because I was just watching something about farm workers and how I think Becky G went and like um, yeah, she for her birthday yeah, she, she gave went. out I think two hundred plus lunches to farm workers. I don't I didn't see where exactly it was, but I thought that was so. Yeah. That was so cool. And just thinking about how important it is, like, especially through COVID and that they've continued. Because they're essential workers. Yeah. Like- and they've continued to be out in the fields and, mm-hmm. and, and feeding us, literally. Um, and it's just so important to, to make sure that they are protected and that they, I think there's, you know, so much stigma because a lot of them are immigrants and a lot of them mm-hmm. are um, undocumented and um, that you know, it's still important that they're, that they're protected. Like I was watching a video, I forget the account that I just followed and actually I'll look it up so I can share it on, on the podcast. Um, but just how they're picking strawberries and they're literally running because they don't get paid by the hour. They get paid by the, by the... great, you know, older men. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, you see all these stories about, about families in California and like that their, their dads literally have worked on the field sun up to sundown their whole lives um in an, in very poor conditions so definitely still very very relevant um, and you know what um so a story sorry um a story from college so i had a 
friend or acquaintance where, you know, we're still friends through, through Instagram and stuff. So she's Max, she's Mexican. And I didn't really know her that well, but one of the stories was that she was a a DACA student, right? Mm -hmm. And in the summers, she would go pick blueberries with her parents, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I have, I've had the privilege that I've never had to do that. So, and then when you hear about it and when you hear stories, you think of people um, usually in the South or in California, I gained more respect for her for, you know, for someone our age to you know having to do what they have to do to mm-hmm. yeah and there's a lot going. of people there's a lot of mm-hmm. people that do that and that they're I I have a friend also whose parents also like always worked on on farms and mm-hmm. it's really really hard hard work um uh so yeah the account on Instagram I was thinking of was um flowers in Spanish and I'm really new to it so they share a lot about uh, immigration reform, but they were also sharing um, a lot about uh, farm workers. Okay. So check that out. And then the last thing about Dolor- Dolores Huerta is the Dolores Huerta With the foundation. So, so she still continues. So she still works with uh, the agricultural communities, mm-hmm. organizing people to run for office and advocating on issues of health, education, and economic development. So she's still involved in, mm-hmm. um, you know, empowering farmers, empowering people to just, you know, to kind of advocate for themselves and, and keep pushing. get better health, you know, get better health education and all that stuff, like um, get better treatment and for for the people yeah which i think is great like go see si se puede let's go <laughs> and i just remember last year when she had her like a virtual birthday party and they did like a a parade for her 90th it was so cute and i think she was raising money for her foundation to help others and it was just like amazing that she's just dedicated her entire life at this point to mm-hmm. to her cause and um very, very inspiring. Yeah, so those are very amazing women that we just spoke about. And like I said, we have plenty of them on our list that we'll share throughout the the month, little tidbits Mm -hmm. on different people. And if you have an amazing woman that made history, that made history that you want to let us know about? Like, you want to let us know? Let us know on IG. Like, <laughs> go ahead. We want to know who who this person is. Definitely. Um. Yeah, so we'll try and share some more for Women's History Month. And even though every day is Women's History. Like Evie uh, Queen, like the Caballeta said. Every day is not only one day. It's not only one day. Todos los días. Really? She got her Spanish on today. You know, I read, one, I read two paragraphs and I think. 
stop but, it. Yeah, it's super important for us to get educated and to learn our own history. And like, that's definitely something that for us is super important. And part of like our goal with this podcast is for us to learn and for us to be able to share what we learn with our listeners. Um, but it goes both ways. So if, if our listeners have anything that they want to highlight for us and share with us. Um, we love fun facts. Yeah, Jennifer was so into this. Um, I love fun. Look, era, like teeth, smile insurance. I was like, and it's not like I was looking for it. I just, you know, came across like, okay. it. And I was like, girl, guess what? <laughs> and I literally what looked at the say? phone. And I was like, I was like, uh, random. And then I was like, okay. <laughs> like, like, she's really into this. Okay. Go ahead. If, so if y'all want. If y'all want to share fun facts, I love fun facts. Random. You know why? I can, I can uh, retain fun facts. I can retain small pieces of information. Twenty years from now, she's gonna be like, "Did you know that I'm yeah. You know, back in the day, America, America Smile was <laughs> smile insured for how much? For how much? Ten million dollars. Ten million dollars. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of today's podcast yeah so happy international women's day happy women's history month go out there hug a woman of course with consent (laughs) with her consent to just celebrate the women in your life like yeah hug your mom your mom your grandma your tia my mom and my sister and I one of our friends texted us in our friend group and it's just you know so nice to like hear from the women in your life that you're appreciated and and I appreciate you Jen I appreciate you awesome women in my life you know okay calm down if my hair was out, like, I would have cared. She's over here flipping her non-existent hair because it's tied back. <laughs> so, yeah, like always, find us on social media. You can, you know, probably Instagram is the best. Find us on Instagram. And apparently, we got a, we got a TikTok. We got a TikTok, guys. So, anything, you know, Spanglish tribe related, anything that you guys think that we would be interested in, like, send it along. Yeah, like, send... Send us, like, you know, send us, uh, like, if there's a trend that you want us to do, just let us know. Tag us in the video. Like, I want y'all to do this. <laughs> and if you're really old school, we still accept emails at uh, Spanglish Tribe Podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, thank you if you've gotten to the end of this episode. Thank you for your time. Your time is valuable. Get an estrellita for the day. Yeah, you get an estrellita, you can give us estrellitas. <laughs> that way other people can listen to us, you know? So that brings us to leave a review. Yeah, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want. So thank you so much. And until next time. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.